Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Norm is about the current Wrestle, <laughs> the current WWE product. Uh, we're about 10 days after WrestleMania 37, a very surprisingly solid, good WrestleMania. Surprising because it's, it's been a long time without fans not saying WrestleManias are usually bad. Anyways, I wanted to chat with Norm about it, but I really wanted to chat with Norm about what's going on with European soccer, specifically the European Super League. So the majority of this episode is about that. I try to make him compare it to wrestling. It doesn't really fit. Um, In this episode, I essentially play the dumb American. I am trying to learn. We now have a Patreon account. Uh, We do not have the money of a lot of these teams. I'm going to go out on bridge. We don't have the money of any of the teams that we're potentially going to compete in the European Super League. So uh, we used to do live shows. We can't do live shows. It looks like we were going to be able to by the end of the year. But as of right now, this is how we pay the bills. Please consider donating to our Patreon account. It's available in this podcast description. It's available on our About page. There's a very low level which you could uh, contribute to. If you're the kind of person that would come to the show and buy a drink, awesome. There's that level. We really appreciate it. Here's the show. We plan to do this before WrestleMania. I wanted to wait until the Raw after Mania, the SmackDown after Mania, the classic. We're resetting the calendar for the wrestling season. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And like many other lapsed, somewhat lapsed fans, I'm, and by the way, when I say lapsed fans, I am 100% giving credit to the lapsed fan podcast here. I'm not pretending that this was an ESPN (laughs) creation. No, no, no. So anyways, I haven't been watching the product regularly in well over a year. So I did, I think what a lot of uh, wrestling fans do is you sort of catch up right before Mania. You watch Mania. You maybe watch the pay-per-view before. Then you maybe watch the Raw after completely, most likely the Hulu version. That's what I did. So I got completely caught up because I watched back. Sorry, I watched um, Roadblock. Is that it? Oh, Fastlane. Fastlane. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Um, I watched Fastlane and then I watched the SmackDown Raw highlights leading up to for every feud. And then I watched Mania and I've got to say, I thought Mania was fantastic. Yeah, it was good this year, man. It was, yeah, you're right. It was fantastic because all the stuff I thought was going to be bad on night one turned out to be way better than it was supposed to be. And the stuff on night two that was supposed to be good was pretty good. Nothing was a giant failure. It wasn't like my, Maybe I should give some context here. My biggest disappointment in Mania matches of the last five years was probably Styles Nakamura simply because I wanted that to be what they had already done in a different country. Does that make sense? For sure, yeah. And I was at I was at that WrestleMania and oh, I can really? tell you that, that was yeah, that was a big let everyone in the room felt the same. Okay. It was a big letdown. I don't care about Undertaker, so the fact that there wasn't an Undertaker match made me very happy. I don't think that there really was a nostalgia match, was there? Not really. Not, I guess not that, that I, I guess the of. main event with Edge, but that's not the same as like the one Triple H match a year. No, and I guess you. I guess the closest you got is like uh, Hogan hosting. Yeah, but yeah. There wasn't like an there wasn't this. Oh, maybe the Shane match. I guess Shane. Yeah, but that was still relatively his... quick, and Strowman is not. It's it wasn't like Undertaker Shane. No, for sure. So yeah, it wasn't like I was okay with that. Old men. Yeah. Yeah. And he still tried to kill himself, which once again, not once again, I'm okay with because I always love to see a man try to get his father loves and fail spectacularly. It's fine. Totally agree. Okay, so whatever. Mania was great. I thought the ending of Mania on night two was up there. It's like top five endings of all time for Mania. Um, Yeah. And then I watched SmackDown and then I watched Raw and other way around. I apologize. 
it didn't yeah. feel like a reset. No, I know exactly what you mean. Normally, it feels kind of like the well. The, look, they always go on about the Raw after Mania being like a big deal, and it's supposed to be like you're right, like a reset. They kind of inject a bunch of new blood into their into it usually uh, after Mania, and it does feel like the beginning of a new season, mm-hmm. uh, as it were. This time around, what sucked the most was that they had they were riding this high of having fans back yeah for mania and and then immediately the next day they have to go right back to the crappy thunderdome which just really i think just fucked everything up and 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 you know the quality of the product was hindered and it's almost like they didn't want to they knew this and didn't feel like treating it the way that they usually treat it and like there's maybe just some sort of they, they've all kind of like accepted the fact that they're just going to treat the first tv non-pay-per-view show that has fans back as the great reset or something okay. like that so maybe so it's it's more of a my viewership my being lapsed is the reason why i was a little disappointment not that it was necessarily a bad show but all the things that well, make that a season premiere didn't really exist no it was a bad show the okay. the, the rules and the raw and the smackdown immediate the raw after mania was bad it was just bad it was just not um but i mean again bad is kind of hard to quantify in this instance because raw has been pretty bad for a long for a while now that there's been there's always moments of of there's always moments of goodness and fun cool things happening here and there but for the most part the show is just inconsistent and tends to lean on the less enjoyable side Mm -hmm. compared to its heyday when you know when every week was an absolute banger and then like a go home would be just the most entertaining thing on tv Okay. Um, so yeah, this raw, this raw, the raw immediately following this mania was just bad, it, and it felt like wheel spinning. Like I'm saying, it just feels like they're wheel spinning. It feels like they're just every raw feels like a house show that they're just killing time with while they wait until fans come back. That's how it feels to me, anyway. Every single person I've ever talked to that goes to house shows say that house shows are actually the most fun show to attend. That's true. House shows are house shows are are actually fun but i guess what i mean is that everything that's happening feels like it's not canon if that makes sense you know understood absolutely okay Mm -hmm. so because of that i kind of just wanted to talk to you because i like you as a human being not because i really had any hot wrestling takes here because (laughs) i feel like we're just treading water over the same thing over and over again because mania itself was better than it was supposed to be i thought yeah best celebrity match of all time Oh, definitely. Okay. First, well, yeah, certainly the best. Yeah, the best WrestleMania celebrity match. I can't think of. There's, I mean, there's been a couple that were like were like kind that came close to it, but nothing. I can't remember feet like just anything that made me feel like that in the moment where I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, you know. So that yeah, that was, that was. Yeah, he rules. <laughs> but here's the thing with Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. This is. I don't know if you know the context of every single celebrity appearance in professional wrestling history but other than wrestlemania one with cindy lopper has there been a pop mm-hmm. star at the height of their powers like dudes will announce his next worldwide tour the next week and it's sold out like already yeah. right yeah he is top five popular worldwide it's like bts him maybe like taylor swift like he's in the five like Oh, for sure, yeah. His his fame is uh, they they were extremely lucky to yes. have him, and just very lucky that he's actually a wrestling fan who cares about the business. 
Um, so they were they were very lucky, and yeah, he's the, he's definitely the most famous. Okay celebrity in the mo- uh, who was you know who's who was still famous while they were on in the product probably like yeah like you said since cindy lauper now do you think that this will translate at all to long-term viewers because i have a feeling that it actually might for two reasons number one dude is so 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 popular you're gonna mm-hmm. want that WWE shirt, isn't he? Like the biggest merch seller this year thus far for yeah, WWE. Yeah, he was. He sold a lot. Of, he sold a lot of merch for them for sure. But maybe even more importantly, the WWE barrier to entry is gone with Peacock now. And if you're a parent, you're fine with spending five dollars a month to watch The Office and let your kid watch it. Because like honestly, we have Peacock not for WWE Network, but because they have all the Curious George episodes. So it's like, yeah, this is an interesting thing. Do you? see it as a wrestling fan that there will be more mainstream wrestling fans due to bad bunny and less because of like stolen cold raw stuff. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I think there will definitely be a few people. I think he's more likely to rejuvenate lapsed fans. Okay. Than he is to, than he is to bring in brand new eyes. I think the problem is they didn't, I mean, obviously, the Bad Bunny angle kind of had to end there. Uh, he, you know, he's a busy boy. He's got stuff to do. But they weren't able to, like we, like we were just saying, they weren't able to sort of follow up on Mania in a very meaningful way. Mm. So if, I'm, if I was like, an, if I was someone who didn't know anything about wrestling and I tuned into WrestleMania because I had Peacock and I love Bad Bunny, and then I go, okay, let's see where this goes. I'll watch, the, I'll watch the, uh, their, their TV show the next night. Uh, I don't know how impressed I would have been. And then, you know, it's just kind of crazy. I guess you you would think that they would make more of an effort to actually capitalize on that. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they've got, maybe they're looking at different, they've got different, you know, uh, info and data in front of them. And, you know. Well, the reason I want to talk about Bad Bunny is because obviously that's the mainstream crossover, right? Bad Bunny's Mm -hmm. current commercial. He's still on TV on a daily, if not like minute by minute basis, because he's in that Corona commercial with Snoop Dogg, who's now, I guess, a member of AEW. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's certainly been he certainly appeared on it a few times, and then he has that TNT exactly. thing. So yeah, for so sure. So it seems like AEW is actually doing stuff from the WWE playbook. They're like having the Attitude Era memories, but they're supposed to be the young people because they have Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg, two people that yeah. peaked in the nineties rather than the most popular musicians in the world. And uh, let's let's not forget Shaq, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um you, you you make a good you make a very good point. Um they they are kind of like a new and they're supposed to be this new and exciting um promotion and they for the most part they are, you know, they they are presenting a lot of stuff that we haven't seen before and they are there are they are getting a lot of people on TV that we haven't seen before. Um, but yeah, in terms of some of that sort of um, gimmicky celebrity stuff, they kind of they are going back to the to the old attitude era. Well, um, which you know it's you know it's hit and miss. Like the Shaq match was actually pretty enjoyable. I could do without seeing Mike Tyson on TV, but mm. um, yeah, and it, I, I think they're still as enjoyable and good as I find the product, the AEW product. I think there's a lot of areas where they're still finding their their feet. Um, and yeah, there's still a little, there's still a few kinks here and there they need to iron out. But yeah, you're right. Bad Bunny is just a much more relevant 
celebrity than uh than Shaq or tyson or uh, snoop <laughs> yeah. so what i actually wanted to not surprise you with but focus on for the majority of this episode isn't wrestling but i, I feel like there's a connection here and it's the um i i know you're passionate about this so um apologies that i'm gonna need you to explain it to me the european super league i am interested in this from a i'm a sports fan right but yes Soccer is inherently confusing to me, even though it should be the least confusingly because it is the most important sport and stop. Okay. Yeah. You okay. are very passionate about this. It's already over, right? Uh, yes. It's basically already over before it's begun. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I can see why it would be interesting for you if you're a sports fan, but not a soccer fan. And you're right. It's soccer is way more complicated than it should be. Um, and yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> it seems that from the outside, it's it, it's very similar. It seems like it's boxing where there's not one unified anything. Therefore, it's very difficult to say these are the actual best people because certain people seem to really care about World Cup more than Champions League versus no one yeah. really cares about the the MLS, right? Um, some people do and it's you know mls is always seems like it's on the cusp of like being taken more seriously than it is, is but, it the, okay um, could you and the reason i wanted to talk about it specifically today is could you compare this to wrestling let's see i mean in some i mean i guess in the sense that there's a bunch of so all the so yeah in soccer there's first of all you've got to separate the international soccer from club soccer okay that's like your first big thing that's like so international soccer is like the world cup and the euros um but that th those things are linked because players who play for club club teams they depend they play for if they're good enough they'll play for their country right so it's not that dissimilar to how hockey works as well yeah exactly right okay. so you have like you know nhl players will play for canada or russia or exactly you know america or whatever uh so you, so there's that and then you have a bunch of different countries and every country has its own t league system so it's like a, t a, p a tiered pyramid okay of lee of leagues so they and they have promotion and relegation right so you are re rewarded for consistent for consistently overperforming and sort of punished for consistently underperforming um so you kind of teams will get relegated at the end of season and some teams will go get promoted and go up to the league above them um so you have that and so there's all these leagues that are like separate but linked okay within each country and then you have every country sends all its best teams into one into a tournament and then there's a bunch of every continent has its own one of those so there's all that and then these are all sort of governed by different bodies as well so fifa is like the the uh governing body of all soccer in the world and then every continent has its own governing body and then every country has its own governing body so and they're all kind of separate but linked and then that's that's where it gets confusing uh and i guess if you look at every sep if you look at every governing body like a uh wrestling promotion <laughs> there could be some similarities there <laughs> so this is like the territory days before vince jr was like this will all be mine yes actually yeah okay. and, and it's yeah i guess you could look at it that way and there's a way especially because in those days they were there was some there was a lot of overlap and a lot of uh sort of you scratch my back i'll scratch yours stuff going on and how does the champions so, yeah. league fit into all this so the, the champions league is basically a competition that 
uh, is so because every league in Europe is separate. So you have the English league, the German league, the Spanish league, right? So it's basic. So it's like the the, the best teams from it's, the Champions League is kind of a misnomer because really only like ten of the clubs who who compete in it are the champions of their country. So in England, it's the top four teams from the Premier League. Whoever, whichever teams finish in the top four at the end of the season, they qualify for the Champions League the following season. In Germany, it's like three. In Spain, it's four as well, I think. Um, and so it's to basically to find out the best of the best of the best club in Europe, basically. And but the the way it, the, the way it's formatted is there's group stages where each the, each group has four clubs. Each team then they all play they play each other twice within that group, home and away. Okay. And then the top two teams in each group go through to a knockout round. So it's a tr- they they kind of trying to it's similar to the World Cup in that that's exactly how the World Cup is formatted. Okay. But that's because soccer wants to soccer loves leagues and they want to have their cake and eat it too. So they they want to have a, they want to have a league a table system and a knockout system. So that's that's why the Champions League sort of operates like that. The so- European Super League. Yes. Do you, do you, yeah, let's talk about that. That is a separate thing where the the biggest clubs in Europe, the ones that have that, that I mean, I think personally they they overestimated their own value, but they're the ones who believe that they have all the power because they have all the they have the majority of fans and the majority okay. of the money, and they're sort of historically the most successful. Although that isn't actually the case because there's a couple of teams that were included in it that haven't won a trophy for a very long time. Um, they that was them attempting to break away without the um, approval of UEFA, which is the European governing body. Um, to they were kind of they're getting sick of the Champions League and sick that they didn't sort of they're just a bit pissed off that they didn't have enough say in how the money was divided up and. There was talk of the Champions League ch- uh, changing the format a little bit to to be a bit more inclusive and allow some other teams in, um, which would be more games and a bit more money. It's kind of a little bit cynical. But what they did was even more cynical because they just were like, okay, fuck it, we're going to break away and do our own thing. Um, and it was very greed-motivated. Um, and there were lots of elements of it that were just very... Um, just opposed to to soccer culture in Europe, uh, and that's why it was such a big deal. Okay, yeah. Was, <laughs> Sorry, I know that was a lot. That was a big. That was a big screen. No, it's good. <laughs> so it was within forty eight hours of its announcement. It was pretty much like done. Yes, and the whole thing. I mean, look this and this. You could kind of compare this to wrestling too, in the way that it was just so carny like. Um, for for all these 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 clubs. The reason they did this was because they thought they were better than all the other clubs and just in terms of like leverage and power and they 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 saw themselves as like legitimate franchises basically which is kind of a big no-no in soccer it's clubs are clubs they're like sort of community grassroots there's now they're now historically and traditionally they're sort of community grassroots things mm-hmm. but obviously the more money that gets pumped into the game the more franchise like they come like it isn't impossible it's it's very rare for a soccer club to relocate mm-hmm. i think it's i mean it's i think it barely it may have happened like a few times but especially not in the higher leagues how many but clubs are there overall with with, with all the oh, countries oh oh loads and loads and then that's like so then you have professional and non-professional and so there's there's thousands thousands and thousands jesus um england alone ha- yeah england alone has like 
a lot of clubs. <laughs> so okay. England alone has there's, there's 20 in the Premier League and then there's 72, I think, uh, in 72 cl- league clubs that aren't in the Premier League. And then below that, there's a bunch of other sort of semi-pro, non, they're called non-league clubs who all have the potential to become league clubs if they can if they continue if they keep winning and get promoted so this is like Um, the pwi 500 but like for teams instead of individual wrestlers yes that's that's a good way that's a good way to look at it i suppose yeah i guess another way to look at it is aew's ranking system except it uh is a bit more meaningful (laughs) this is okay so for anyone that's listening that follows soccer i realize i sound like a complete ass and i'd like to apologize and i and i want to say like i'm not bringing this up to say that soccer isn't real or wrestling isn't whatever i just i appreciate both <laughs> no, differently dude, honestly behind behind the scenes the whole stuff like i said it's a complete carny show it's like it's it's corrupt as hell there was the the, the one thing that was kind of enjoy kind of enjoyable and good about this super league this potential super league thing was that it pissed off fifa yeah it made them see that uh it made them kind of hopefully there's been some realization there that like okay you know we have to kind of sort shit out in our own house a little bit more because it is club sticking it i'm all for club sticking it to fifa but um just not necessarily in the way that they they did it okay so it seems that something like this could work it's just the way they went about it was the wrong way yeah absolutely and like the the concept of a more of basically the format that they proposed that the super league proposed wasn't um was kind of agreeable i think like it wasn't there were parts of it that weren't good and the parts of it that weren't good were that it was a closed league um so it was just them taking you know to uh pardon the turn of phrase but to taking their ball and going home mm-hmm. uh because cause soccer's always been very inclusive like i said like in potentially in theory it is possible for like a lower a non-league semi-pro team if they were to if they were to just keep winning and keep winning and then get promoted to the league above and then keep winning keep winning get promoted to the league above that they could end up in the premier league and stuff like that has happened um and does happen um this was more like a closed thing where it was just like we're the big clubs we're just going to play each other every season uh yeah and you're just gonna have to like it maybe the, the, this is the american was, part of me where like i'm a baseball fan right and if you are an, you're a player you're good enough you're not going to stay with the club you're going to get called up and you're going to just go to the team that requests your services like you're not always going to be a baltimore oriole you will go to whoever will pay me does that make sense mm-hmm. so maybe yeah, that's sure. what i'm is... not understanding like no american sport is like this it's we, fuck the club like you're you're a fan of the team but those players on the team change quite often it seems like in soccer the, the players don't change nearly as much yeah i mean transfers transfers are a thing and there is a lot of money in it and like there and, and it is kind of not a level playing field because obviously the richer the club is the more money they have to spend on players um there's a lot of things about american sports that i think soccer uh, european sports and soccer should try to emulate but um I think sort of the the attempt to turn the these clubs into just more cynical content creating franchises that I don't think that that's the, the one that's not one of the things about American sports that I would love to see. Um, yeah, I understand. And I guess you're that. right about the 
Yeah. <laughs> I understand that, but I feel like that's the only real way to do something like this. Like you kind of, why not just start a brand new thing? Because mm. it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's just a, too difficult. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw that's what they tried. That's kind of what they tried to do. What, what they thought was going to happen was that they would be able to be say, look, hey, we're just going to go do we're just going to go do our own thing. But they thought that FIFA would just be like, uh, OK, well, you have you guys have all the leverage because you're super big clubs. So we're not going to kick you out of and the same with the like the English FA, the English Football Association, um, the six English clubs that signed up for the Super League. I don't think they thought that the FA would ever the English FA would ever dream of kicking them out of the of the system, um, but they said they would. They were like, "If you guys do this, you're you can't you're banned from the Premier League. You're you're going to have to." I I don't know if they said this exactly, but the implication was that they would have to restart from the very bottom of the tier. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're 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 talking you know seven to ten years before they they get back to the Premier League. Got it. Um, so I think these clubs were like, we're going to do our own thing and you're going to like it. And then they were threatened and the fans, fans basically, I don't know what it was that got the clubs to pull out. I, they're saying that people are sort of implying and saying that it was the fan protests, like the fat, like the, for example, the Chelsea had a match yesterday and all their fans were protesting outside the stadium. Um, which is kind of funny for Chelsea Football Club fans to get on their high horse about greed, uh, considering they're owned by a Russian oligarch. Um, but yeah, so basically they're saying that it was fan protests. I don't know if the threats from the the uh, from the different countries' football associations and UEFA and FIFA played into it. I'm sure they did. Like I'm sure, you know, Manchester City were like, "Oh wait, we're not going to be able to play in the Champions League." and the super league okay then we'll just we'll just stay how we'll just keep it how it is you know mm-hmm. um but yeah like like you were saying this is something that this the the con the con basically what they need to do is just have maybe add a step above the champions league mm-hmm. where it is where it is a, the same format as the super league but how the clubs qualify i think has to be more clearly defined and it can't just be like a bunch of clubs being like we're the best so we we've we've decided that we're in this you know thing this sounds every time i think that wwe has like a stupid name for a title like the universal championship and then i read about soccer i'm like oh no that actually makes sense <laughs> yeah for sure yeah definitely <laughs> uh, i want to i want to thank you for spending time with me uh with this i'm somewhat more informed now um i still I think it's the dumb American in me where I'm like, there's the NBA, like the best players play in the NBA. Where's the soccer version of that? And maybe, yeah, and maybe so this like is a more the, pure so, version of everything. Yeah. I mean, that that's look, I mean the entire, the, there were elements of the idea that were, I think good and maybe are something that we could work, that the clubs can work towards at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, I will say a lot. Most of the people who were sort of ambivalent or reacted positively to the idea were American soccer fans. Mm. Um, but that's just because I don't know. There's, like I say, I don't like to. I'm not. I don't want. I'm not one of those Brits who loves to like shit all over American sports or like one of those European that just shits on American sports and is like, oh, you know, 
soccer is the way everything that soccer does is the best because i actually there's a, like i said there's a lot of stuff about american sports that is really well done and that uh soccer should absolutely emulate but um yeah i think for a non if you didn't grow up around that culture in europe or the uk it's kind of difficult to get your head around i suppose you me them everybody is made by me brandon weatherby our theme music is by daniel knox our art is by jillian ron you can hear all 13 years of shows at you me them everybody Com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you meet them, everybody.com. Our Patreon page is on our about page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff at sign Y M T E. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping friends and family I'll be keeping won't 